0: Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And hey, keep the mouth shut, 50.
1: I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a
0: championship, uh, it couldn't be any better.
1: Yeah!
0: Well,
2: you can take this ball out the real south under, but you can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little real deeper. Cause or you can take that ball, like the race, that ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's up everybody <laughs> Welcome into the newest edition of our podcast. I am Blake Ferguson and I am the long snapper for your Miami Dolphins. I am joined by the best co-host that I could find at a moment's notice Reed Ferguson. Thanks for taking the time there, brother. As,
2: as the best co-host, uh, I will take this opportunity uh, to uh, introduce to our listeners what our podcast name is. Uh, this is uh, the newest edition of After the Snap.
0: I was a little frazzled by your singing at the beginning, so I, was, I think I was a little thrown off. Sorry about that. But in the spirit of this week, uh, let me start by saying happy Thanksgiving to uh, all of our listeners as well as you and producer Chris. Thank you.
2: Uh, right week. back at you.
0: It's a big week because not only is it Thanksgiving, but you have a Thursday night football game on Thanksgiving. Yes, day sir. In New Orleans against the yes, Saints. sir. So it's a big week, and our podcast is dropping on Thursday. Uh, maybe it's just a big day. Maybe Thursday is just a big Thursday
2: day. W- Thursday so. will be a big day. Um, so I, I've had – I, I have had ai have when we played on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, and – Loved it. We beat Dallas. It was awesome. Uh, it was kind of our like uh, coming out party for that season. You know, that season, like, okay, the Bills are legit. And I have people, you know, so, You know. we were uh, at uh, Matt's house for dinner tonight. We were talking about playing on Thanksgiving. And we were like, well, do you like it? Do you do you not like playing on Thanksgiving? You know, and I said, I said, I, I could, I, we could play on Christmas. I do not. I'm like the, we're like the Mike Tomlin meme. We do not care. I do not care if we play on a holiday as long as I get to enjoy that holiday at a later date. That's if fair. I can unwrap my presents uh, the day after the game, so be it. I, I, It's an honor to play on Thanksgiving. I love it. I mean, kind of going into the recap here, there's not, there's not many ways, many better ways um, to kind of bounce back after Sunday's game. Uh, after you know the loss on Sunday, then a short week, you know in primetime. So can't ask for you know a better way to, to kind of bounce back um, with a th- with Thursday night Thanksgiving in New Orleans. How did you guys fare this weekend?
0: Well, we are now on a three game win streak, and we beat the Jets. It's always always good. Okay. Beating Welcome the Jets, to the club. Getting a getting a tough division win. They're always one of those teams that one thing that I've found when playing the Jets, and this is now three times that we've played uh, in my career, they will play for 60 minutes and you will get everything that they have. No matter who the coach is, they're a gritty football team that plays tough. It was a 60-minute battle on Sunday. We had some good weather considering it was in New York at Thanksgiving time, mid-November. New Jersey. And sorry, New Jersey. Yes. Only only team in New York is Buffalo. We get it. I mean, it was it was like sunny and like in the 50s, so it was hard to complain about that. We did, however, have some great food. And you can't say that about every city, because some cities you go to, there's just not any good restaurants like the night before the game. You go to Jersey City, which is where we stayed, and most teams, I'm sure, stay uh, the night before the games against the Jets and the Giants. We went to a steakhouse, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, overall, great weekend in Jersey.
2: Breaking news in the world of long snapping... Congratulations to Chiefs long snapper James Winchester for signing a new two-year contract extension uh, today, making him the new highest-paid long snapper in the NFL. Round of applause for James. I would say this is uh, well worth it for James. He's a great guy, great long snapper, and he has provided me and the other Bills specialists with two uh, fantastic beer shipments uh, the last two times we played in Kansas City. So props to James. Um, great dude. Great snapper. Uh, well played you know, by the Chiefs, making him the new highest paid snapper. So congratulations to him.
0: I'm a big James Winchester fan. I met him last year during the season. We played the Chiefs at home, and I did not receive any beer because it was a home game. Uh, which looking back, I should have sent him with some beer, but you, you, lesson learned, I guess. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed meeting him and getting to talk to him in pregame. And like you said, it's, this is very deserving for him. So big congrats to James Winchester of the Kansas City Chiefs. While we're on the topic of long snappers around the league, let's introduce our after the snap week 11 clutch snap of the week. Congratulations to Andrew DePaula of the Minnesota Vikings. Snapped for a game-winning field goal to beat division rivals Green Bay Packers 34-31. That was a weird game. I think they were up big to start. Yeah. And then the Packers came all the way back. And then they went down. uh, The Vikings went down and Greg Joseph knocked it through. Uh, But only after Andrew DePaula put a dime into the hands of Jordan Berry. Dimeberger. Holder. Yes. C- congrats to Andrew DePaula. This is becoming a thing now. We received some some Twitter votes for our after the snap clutch snap of the week. There are people who are nominating snappers yes. now. Please so, continue to do um, so. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that kind of helps us because we don't always see, uh, especially like at the college level, we don't always see what's going on so if we miss one please send it
2: yep shout out to uh specifically for this week for andrew depala shout out to long snapping lifestyle uh for bringing this to our attention we appreciate it
0: well now that we've recapped uh this past week in the nfl can we talk about something that we've talked about before but really should be addressed again Sure. what do you got can we talk about the state of our LSU Tigers?
2: Yeah, I would love to.
0: Our be- our, our beloved alma, mater. beloved alma
2: mater. Yes, I would, I would love to. I, and I, And let me preface uh, this conversation by saying I really don't pay attention to college football that much except for LSU. And for as long as my life is going to be, which we'll get to later in the show, a little topic on that, that probably won't change. You know, I mean, you get two days on the weekend, you know, probably because most of my football be- playing career has been or hopefully will be playing in the NFL. I feel like I'm going to be naturally more pulled to watching NFL on Sundays as opposed to keeping up with the college football landscape on Saturdays. Discussing LSU, I think, has, has became more and more important this season because I am I am more invested in the Tigers instead of just the general college football landscape. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and it's it's actually interesting that you say that because I would say that I'm the opposite. And I think that that's because I'm closer to being in college. I, this is my second year in the league, and so there are still guys at LSU, although not many, that I played with uh in my time there and still have guys around college football that I have known from over the years. I, I guess I I'll say that because I do this f- for a living and I live the national football league like the last thing I want to do when I go home is is watch work. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Like like I I enjoy watching college football because I don't feel like I have to like scout another you know, team. Yeah, scout another team, or just you know watch every little detail that I would be watching as if I'm sitting in front of my iPad watching. Film. Yeah, see, if that makes I, sense.
2: I I understand. I've played with a lot of guys who are are like that. You know, they kind of they clock in for uh, for work every day and play the game on Sundays, and then don't watch really any other football just in general. Sometimes it's just NFL. Sometimes it's football in general. I think for me my mind over the years has become so accustomed to watching the best in the game that it's hard for me to flip on a college football game because my mind, whenever I do watch football, I'm thinking of, okay, all the different situations that come up during a game, you know, as you approach halftime, two minute drill, and it just, and you know, whatever it may be, coaches, you know, not using their timeouts well, whatever, whatever the whatever situation arises in the college football game, it's hard for me to just not like roll my eyes and be like, well, they don't do that in the league, you know, stuff like that. It's just like, I've just been so accustomed to, I've grown accustomed to watching the best in the game, do it and just limiting a ton of those mistakes uh, and watch and you're just watching great players at every position. Um, I think it's, it's kind of not ruined uh, me watching college football, but just I don't really feel like watching it other than watching LSU games every Saturday night.
0: Yeah, we did kind of get off on a tangent there, but let's let's get back on. So LSU, they're five and six right now with one game left yep. in the season. They just beat ULM by 17. maybe two possessions, yeah. maybe three
2: possessions, 27-14 or something and like it, that.
0: And frankly, it should have been a lot worse than it yeah. was. They didn't cover the spread, and they just looked just not good. Like I, I watched part of the game, and it it just looked slow. It just they didn't look motivated. It looked like they knew that they were kind of coming into the home stretch of Coach Orgeron's career, and they p- kind of played that yeah, way.
2: Yeah, it's been a weird trait for LSU teams, at least the teams that I was on, and I think kind of twenty nineteen as the outlier. You know, that that's I guess the team that you were on when you won the title, uh, is kind of the outlier. But LSU has a knack for playing up or down to their
0: opponent. We did we did it in twenty nineteen. But not as not we as often. Lost. Well, I'm just saying in general, LSU has been and, and still is right. that way. Like we even even in nineteen we did it. Like we we almost lost to Ole Miss and we shouldn't right. have I, I, you get what I'm saying. I so
2: I mean, it's you know a lot of those out of conference games that I played when I was there. You know, they'd be close for a quarter and a half till halftime. You know, within ten to fourteen points, and you're like, well, we've had a couple turnovers. We should have be blowing these teams out, and we're letting them hang around. And and the, the you know the the result of the game doesn't look like it should, and that kind of has an effect on the players just in general, right? You know, beating ULM. By ten points, you walk you walk away from that game as a player, as a as a, as a person in that program. You walk away from that from that game feeling different than if you won by uh, thirty five points and maybe held them to under ten or something like that, right? Does that makes sense. So um, I think it's it's a uh, I don't really know why that is, but I mean it's obviously been going on for a long time, at least in in uh, notable memory. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a weird it's a weird deal, but uh, yeah, like you said, they're five and six, coming off a win uh, over ULM, and this Saturday is their final home game. Also, Coach O's final game as head coach, but their final home game against Texas A and M.
0: Well, potentially, if they beat Texas A and M, they they will go to a bowl game. Who do you want to be the next head coach?
2: That's a good question. I think the uh, you know I don't really know if I have a favorite. And I saw his name pop up maybe about a week ago, but uh, Dave Aranda, he was there, um, you know, pretty recently. I think he, you know, from what I heard, everybody kind of like everybody, you know, really enjoyed him in the program. Loved, Loved Coach Aranda. I mean, you David, were there. You can speak on that. Yeah. I think if you're going to bring somebody back that's familiar with the program, I mean, he's having success at Baylor right now. He's probably. The top name should be the top name, uh, maybe next to Lincoln Riley, but I know those rumors have kind of subsided a little bit. I know the, the other option, you know, I, I don't really in in – and I have no feelings on this, no opinion really, but um, I think uh, Napier out of uh, Louisiana Lafayette, I believe, he's been a pretty hot name in the market. You know, I guess in terms of getting somebody that, that, that would be 100% – I mean, you're basically recruiting the same area, so in terms of recruiting, I mean, you almost don't skip a beat. Uh, but in terms of yeah. the football side of things, I'm not really too familiar with him at, at UL. But uh, I mean, if Dave Aranda is probably my number one, I don't know. I think I think they're down to maybe two or three uh, choices, but I would say Dave Aranda.
0: I like Aranda just because I was with him for the entirety of my career did he get um, hired on actually that's not true um he got hired on the year uh after yeah, 16 left. kevin Steele, or, uh, kevin yeah, Steele 16. was there kevin Steele was there in 15 and then that's he right. left for he Auburn, Auburn, after yep. after we beat who was it texas tech in the um uh, texas bowl and so i was there with aranda for a long time really liked the way that he went about his business he's kind of that quiet doesn't feel like he has to yell and and be this you know somebody that he's not to be a head coach and so i think that i think that that would be a an interesting contrast with what they have now because all you see about coach o in the media and everything is him just being this loud boisterous character that everybody you know loves and just it's this kind of character that he that he portrays more than anything else so i think that that would be an interesting contrast from that to dave aranda i like the lincoln riley thing i i don't know how motivated he would be to leave oklahoma just because they are i don't know how many more resources he would have at lsu to win than he has at oklahoma the only thing that sticks out to me would be recruiting wise. It, it'd be a heck of a lot easier to recruit in state at LSU than it would be to recruit going to Norman, Oklahoma, because you're not going to get a you're not going to get a whole lot of in state talent. You're going to have to go out of state to Texas and other neighboring states. Yep. My last one is probably Fickle at Cincinnati. He is one of those that's his name has been tossed around. Quite a bit as 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 a smaller school guy that really has done everything that you can do to put your your smaller team in position to compete on a national basis. Do they have the strength of schedule that a you know an SEC West team does? No. Outside of that, he's I mean seems to have done everything right. So uh, I like that name. We'll see how it goes. I know that Scott. Scott Woodward will do an extensive interview process. I mean, he brought in Kim Mulkey for the basketball, the women's basketball team. And, and you know, she's obviously had a storied career. And so I, I know he's trying to do the best hiring job he can because uh, ultimately his career rides on that as well. But I'm excited for uh, the future of the program just because I think they're kind of in a lull and have been since really since 19.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Producer Chris, do you have any thoughts? I know you watch you you watch a good bit of, of every of all
1: football. Yeah, I pay attention to what's <laughs> going on in college football mostly because I enjoy betting on college football. I would think LSU's gotta get somebody of a, a young age, up and coming, that can build the LSU program and stick around for multiple years and really get it built. Yeah, I can get on
2: board with that. I think um I think there's a certain persona that bringing a younger guy into a college job kind of brings, uh, you kind of bring some juice, right? You bring some energy to the program, right? When you hire, you know, somebody who is, uh, maybe a little older, it doesn't really have, it just, that's, I think that's just the nature of it. It doesn't really have the same shine, if you will. I think that's a, that's a, that's probably an important distinction, Chris. So kind of moving on from LSU talk, um, I found this on Twitter. I know I sent it to you guys, told you to kind of read it over. I thought this would just be a fun, interesting um, kind of a thought topic to cover on the podcast. I know uh, it, kind of, it, it kind of went viral, I guess, on Twitter a couple of days ago. But it was this idea of being a time billionaire. You know, I, I talked to a couple of guys uh, today at the facility. Kind of, sh- you know, I sent them the thread as well. They were pretty interested by it, but... Everybody I kind of talked to about it had never really heard of that phrase before. Were, have, were you guys familiar with it before I sent it to you? No. This time billionaire idea uh, stems from a, uh, a guy named Anthony Pompliano, I think he's got uh, over a million Twitter followers. Um, he runs kind of a venture capital uh, business. Or I guess he's got his own company. Uh, he he has been huge, I think, into the crypto Bitcoin world. I think that's kind of how he got famous. I, I saw him popping up a ton on my timeline over the last year or so, really in, a lot in 2020. Didn't follow the guy. I knew of him because I knew I followed some people that were fans of his that retweeted him quite often. But he, he writes like a daily newsletter um, and you can subscribe to it and whatnot. But he basically wrote a letter to all of the people who um, inve- had, had, had or are investing with him. And he says he will be returning all of the uninvested uh, outside capital that he's raised back to them, citing this time billionaire method of, of how he's going to uh, go about his life. So all the money that he had taken, he had gotten invested prior to that. That's already in other companies and in uh, their in these, in these people's portfolios. And that, that none of that's touched. All of the uh, extra money uh, was basically returned because he is no longer doing. He's no longer going to be running this investment business. So basically, he, he was he he's talking about this time billionaire lifestyle. And he, he kind of said he wanted to to change because he wanted to spend more time with family, more time taking advantage of the years he has left. He's only 33, but taking it, you know, doing more charity work, helping the community, educating the average citizen about their personal finance. And he he mentioned crypto and all this kind of stuff, kind of, uh, Blake, I'll get to you in a second, talking about how he wants to help 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 get people out of their current situation. Go
0: ahead. I think it's important to note what a time billionaire is. Yeah, I was going to get to it. As we kind of get into this. For those who are younger than 47, he talks about the average lifespan being... 79. in In the 70s, 79. In that lifespan, if you are younger than 47, you have at least a billion seconds left in your lifespan on average. Obviously, if if something were to happen to you, that's different. The question is- And if you're you're younger
2: than 20, there's a decent chance that you are a multi-time billionaire.
0: Uh, The question is, what do you do with that time? And his answer, Pompliano's answer was, I'm not going to chase being a dollar billionaire. I'm going to chase being a time billionaire and really valuing putting a, a dollar value on the time that he spends doing things and how seemingly invaluable the time spent with family and teaching other people and really that quality time actually yeah. is.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, and kind, of one, yeah, kind of one of the examples that he kicked off with in his letter was he was talking about, you know, basically as a young adult or somebody that is a time billionaire, You know, would you swap lives with Warren Buffett? And basically, he explained, you know, not that you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that would swap places with Warren Buffett, who is in his 90s, even though he is a multi-billionaire. He's he's almost at the end of end of the road, right? Like you know, lifespan wise. So basically, he was he was kind of leaning into that concept that people subconsciously, I I, I think subconsciously um, because it's, I don't know how much of of an actual conscious decision it is, but people, I guess humans subconsciously value money over time. And if you're looking at that example, it's pretty, it's pretty black and white to see that the average person would, and I know that's an extreme circumstance, but it does make sense to, to view the value of time larger than the value of money.
0: One of the things that I thought was interesting from the article and and sort of the tidbits that were in the Twitter thread was the percentages of and the uh, amount of time on average that people spend doing various tasks in their lifetime. I don't know how they I guess they they did it on a small scale and just extrapolated from there to average out how much time you actually spend doing each of these things but when i woke up this morning i didn't think i was going to use the word extrapolate but i did so props, props to me mom will be mom will be happy about that one on average we as humans spend 26 years of our life sleeping that's and about that's,
2: expected yeah. because as much as much as we as pro athletes they bring in sleep doctors and sleep experts and all that stuff, they all kind of say roughly you spend a third of your life sleeping.
0: And that's, the, so nine, say you get nine hours of sleep. That's about the most I could possibly sleep in in one night. That's 30, 38% of your yep. day is that. And so if you, I guess if you talk about 26 years out of 79, you're looking at 33%. So a third, a third, it, it matches up it matches up well but it, it's interesting just to to look at that number and be like wow i i really spent 26 years by the time i'm almost 80 i think when you um, have kids that average got, goes down yeah so so you, yeah you say it's it's 9 hours from the time that you are born until you turn 21 yep. and then it <laughs> then it goes down to 7 or if not or less the next eight
2: yeah the next one that you're Sorry. that we're about to hit on surprised me the most.
0: Seven years trying to fall yes. asleep. Trying yes. to fall asleep. And it
2: was bit in, in the in the Twitter thread, it was the I can't remember the guy's name who wrote up the thread, but he he was making a point of if you are trying to actively Joe Portsmouth. Yeah, you, Joe Portsmouth. If you are actively trying to improve or take advantage of this time billionaire lifestyle, or really just in general, take advantage of your health, right? You know, you know, trying to improve your health, figuring out ways to calm your mind, calm your body, you know, relax your muscles uh, before bedtime, and taking advantage of an extra—I don't know—fifteen or twenty minutes that you can get on a nightly basis—that would make a huge difference in the long run, right? I'm kind of fortunate. It takes me about—I don't know—probably less than five minutes to fall asleep on average. I just get in bed and I. I've got a great pillow. So I just, it just puts me right to sleep. But I guess, you know, for for the sake of the argument, spending seven years of your life just trying to fall asleep, I think a lot of that has to do with phones in bed, which um, I mean, pr- props to Erica. We, we have tried to get away from that as we have uh, started living together when, after we got married. We tried to, once we get in bed, like phones are off because... I'm a big proponent of get, getting the most sleep that you can once once your body hits the sheets, right? Um, sleep has always been a, a huge thing for me. I, I can't overestimate like the importance of getting enough sleep. So it's all like just not wasting another 20 minutes in bed, scrolling on your phone, whatever you're looking at, I think makes a big difference. But
0: So the third one was, was one that, I enjoyed because he kind of went into a little bit of detail on this one. On average, you spend 13 years of your life working, which to me, I was like, Hmm, like that, that seems like it's not that much. But when you think about, okay, if I were to work 13 years straight, okay, that's a long time. He talked about how, how much time that actually is and how, if you, if you go to work every day, hating what you do for a living, Like you're just wasting thirteen years of your life. Yeah. And obviously more more than that because you go home angry, you There's there's side spend so much time you spend so much time away from your job, hating what you do, and you just you're in this place of of disdain for what you do for a living that it's thirteen years plus Right.
2: I think um, there was something that I I heard a while uh, a long time ago um, it was basically work is
1: not work if you love it, right? Chris, can you attest? Yeah, I can. As somebody that spent a little bit of time working in media, that was just like a ton of fun. And even podcasting now and making a little money on it. It doesn't feel like it's work. Fun. No, it's like I have a buddy come over, we have a studio in my apartment we drink alcohol and talk about our favorite football team and we get a little yeah. bit of money for it yeah we love it's, it.
2: it's um yeah i mean i i'm totally with you there i think in in terms of relating this to my my life you know i wake up and i may not want to go work out in the morning but guess what i wake up i'm healthy i get i have to i tell myself we we get to work out we get to go to the facility because i was i was uh you know this is i'm i'm getting off on a tangent but I was unemployed for a couple months. Like I got cut from a football team. I was wait. I was that guy waiting on the couch, waiting on a phone call, watching every NFL game every weekend, looking for somebody to mess up like that. That's a real thing. So like, and we love this job, right? It doesn't feel like work. We would play a game for a living. I think it's easy to, it's easy to underestimate how blessed we are to have a job to do something for a living that we do love because as this as as Anthony's letter alludes to or as the Twitter thread alludes to 13 years of your life like you just said that could be a lot of time that that people could not be wasting but just be just just not not enjoying what they're doing while trying to provide for themselves
0: last thing on this on the on the work aspect of this I think that goes back to the root of what Pomp is talking about in his letter is that, you know, I, I'm prioritizing this idea of being a time billionaire over being a dollar billionaire. So if I'm going to work to earn a good paycheck because I want to earn all this money, but I hate my job, so I'm doing right. it wrong. Like placing a that's, higher that's value not, on your thing.
2: financial net worth than your time net worth. It's kind of exactly. one thing I thought that exactly. he was interesting that yeah. he said.
0: And the the last one that I'll hit on and and we'll kind of riddle off the last the last few just because I think they're interesting. The last one I want to talk about is how much time humans spend on average watching TV in their lifetime. This was and, shocking to me and yeah. I told I was talking to Erica
2: earlier and I think it's it's, you know, disclaimer, I guess is the right word to say. Disclaimer Uh, Not all people live their life the same.
0: On average, in a 79-year lifespan, humans spend 8.3 years watching TV. 8.3 years. Eight years watching TV. I'd get so bored if I was watching TV for eight years straight.
2: That's um, shocking to say the least.
0: But that's another one of those like you talked about with trying to fall asleep where if you at, are actively working to cut that down. If you cut your TV consumption in half, he talks about cutting it in half. You're gaining back four years of your life just by cutting your TV consumption in half. And that's four, four years, years towards of
2: that's four more
0: years of, uh, sleep, anything. But for, I mean, you think about, you think about your entirety of your college career and how long of a time that is, you get that entire time back just by cutting your TV consumption. Yeah, enough. it's crazy, and I think that that's I think that that's crazy to think about, and something that I'm going to try to do because this is it, it was um, it was challenging to me reading this because I'm like, man, I I fall into so many of these categories. I'm going to actively work to do these because not only will it help live a healthier lifestyle, but it'll just make you feel better on a day-to day basis and you will you will walk around appreciating the time that you do have here on this earth because it's it's not the same for everybody we're not gonna all live to be 80 years old 90 a 100 years old and so the time that we do have should be spent you know with your loved ones and and really appreciating the the time that we do have
2: yeah i agree um i'm gonna hit i'm gonna rattle off a couple of these. Last ones that I think are just interesting for the sake of the discussion. Uh, So humans on average uh, spend four and a half years eating, which I wouldn't mind uh, taking some of my TV years and adding it to my eating because that's a hobby of mine. They spend about four and a half years uh, doing chores, which was surprising to me. Social media, three years. That seems low. I agree. Commuting, three years. That seemed low.
0: I mean, dip, I don't know if that's I, commuting that's, that's to and from a, work, or if be, that's
2: commuting yeah. like just driving. Period.
0: No, no, that would be commuting to and from work, which that one is is probably one of one that is the least accurate, just because it's there are so many different commutes, and some uh, some people's commute is across the street, some people's commute is on a train for an hour. Right. That one's that one's interesting, but go yeah. C- the, the last two and, that and it leave.
2: talks about is uh, grooming, uh, roughly two years and exercise this one surprised me the most the average human spends 1.3 years of their life exercising
0: what's the recommended like per day is it like 30 yeah. minutes or yeah, 60 I would minutes say or something like 30 that
2: 30 minutes of exercise so you do 30 minutes times 6, day, six two, days a week times 365
0: well in a day 30 minutes of your day is 2% of the day and if you talk about 2% times 79 that's 1.6 years i mean that's just below average is that math right or just below what it what it's recommended two percent of 79 is 1.6 yeah
2: yeah so that's just below so the average
0: you think about you think about what 30 minutes 30 minutes a day is recommended there are obviously people who don't work out at all and then there's people who work out more than that but 30 minutes recommended that's that's one point one point six. So that's that's actually accurate and interesting. I guess I thought it would be higher than that.
2: Just to kind of wrap up, I guess the the topic, and I have a couple questions, but I guess in terms of the whole conversation, I want to get something from everybody. What is kind of one way recently that you have placed value on time over money? And I'll, I'll I can start. I think the first the first thing that came to my mind was. Uh, doing this podcast because over the past couple of years and I, and not to get too sentimental but our main way of communicating Blake is ju- is really just been like texting or maybe w- before you got in the league I was able to see you you know maybe a handful of times throughout uh, the year if I came to lSU or if you came up for a game once a season or something like that. since we've started this I have learned to really appreciate, The time that we spend talking about and recording the podcast, just because that's time spent face to face, you know, sort of face to face uh, that normally over the years we wouldn't have gotten to spend together. And I think that that's been I've I've really appreciated that. And there's not a there's not a financial gain, you know, really. There's not a financial gain aspect to kind of doing this yet. Maybe someday there will be. But as of right now, we're kind of just doing this because we love it at the moment, because we enjoy, yeah. because we enjoy doing it, and that's kind of what I've gotten out of it. I don't know if you guys have any. I know I kind of asked the question weird, but
0: I do. Uh, I'll let Chris go first if he does.
1: Well, for me, it's it's this. I mean, I've put in, I've been podcasting for the last six years, so I put in a ton of time to getting my chops back from working in radio in my early twenties doing producing and kind of relearning everything that I could. And I put all this time and my own money into getting equipment, setting up a podcast area, editing, and then, you know, somebody found the podcast and offered to pay me money for it. That's I I spent time learning podcasting and now it's kind of evolved into a little bit of change on the side. I think for me,
0: and this is something that's, that's always been a piece of what I do, especially as I've gotten into college and then now in the pros. But doing community service work is something that I and you two, read we have a big passion for. It's very easy to just say, okay, we get one day off a week in season. I'm going to take that off day and I'm going to do whatever I want with it and to be selfish with that time. I try to actively seek out opportunities like, t- uh, so we're recording this on Tuesday. It'll obviously release on Thursday, but Tuesday I was, and, and even yesterday, I was handing out turkeys for Thanksgiving to m- local members of the community. Yesterday it was veterans. Today it was just people in need. I think for me, that's that's something that is very rewarding because I could very easily say oh no I you know this this short amount of time that I get on Tuesdays is is this valuable and I'm going to do you know be selfish with that time but I I want to give of my time and I want to make the world around me a better place and just love on people that's I guess the way that I try to use my billion seconds of my time in a in a better fashion than I would trying to become a dollar billionaire, I guess is the best way to put that.
2: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that was great. I I appreciate you guys kind of diving into that discussion. But Blake, I know you added this to the end of the notes. Um, A couple of questions.
0: We're getting into the holiday spirit. Holiday
2: spirit. Since this podcast does release on Thanksgiving, what are your top two to three Thanksgiving foods and also what are you? What are some things that you are thankful for this year?
0: My number one food, and this is not up for debate with anybody, so don't come at me on social media for saying this. My number one favorite Thanksgiving food is sweet potato casserole with marshmallows. Mm. Now, I like sweet potato casserole with the cinnamon pecan crust on top too, but for me, it's the marshmallows because that's what we had growing up. We'd go over to Aunt Dina's in Birmingham. Also, Aunt Dina, also a proud listener of the pod. So shout out to them for their Thanksgiving meals because they were always stupendous. Number two, I'm going to go with stuffing, cornbread dressing, however, whatever you want to call it. That's probably my number two. I like having that with my number 3 which is cranberry sauce. I like the cranberry sauce that is like the it comes in the can. It's like the jellied cranberry sauce. I'm not as big of a fan of the actual cranberries, like the fresher cranberry sauce. I I you can you can keep that. If it's if it's the only thing that's available, I'll eat it, but I am a fan of the like you open up the can, you turn it upside down, and it just plops down on a plate. It just looks like a can of. It's
2: got the ripples, ripples
0: in it. <laughs> yeah. it. It's it's perfect because you can just cut right down the right down the ripples. Producer Chris, what are your favorite two to three Thanksgiving foods?
1: Well, we did discuss it last night when we recorded the Rockpile Report that uh, cranberry sauce, whether it's in a can or not, can go in the same place—the garbage can. Blasphemy. My- yeah, I know. My We're taking uh, side applications dishes for a new uh, producer, Thanksgiving. so let us know. Mashed potatoes, stuffing. Yeah, always gravy. And then my mom would always make cinnamon rolls. I can get on board can with that. I ask that. a
0: question? Can I ask a question before we move on? Sure. Since we since you asked about gravy. Producer Chris, are you a brown gravy or a like white sausage gravy fan? Just in general, not on not on mashed potatoes.
1: I can do either or, but I'll prefer the brown okay. gravy. And
0: I think is that because you you is that what you grew up eating more than the white like sausage gravy? Okay.
1: Yep, my mom would always make that yeah. brown brown so, gravy.
0: So and and Reed, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. Probably prefer the white sausage gravy. Yes something that's been interesting to me to to talk about is is this topic with my teammates because we come from all over the country and there are people who are on my team who have never had white sausage gravy like biscuits and gravy like very southern and and like i i guess growing up like i never thought about the fact that that was like a or, I guess I never knew that that was a like a regional thing. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure I, I, I knew that, that either. That's interesting. I talked to Jason Sanders the other day, my kicker, and he was like, Yeah, you know, I, I grew up eating brown gravy like on, you know, mashed potatoes and dinner roll and whatever else and on like turkey at Thanksgiving, but like white sausage gravy is like, very much a southern... Yeah.
1: Interesting. Almost like mac and cheese being a side dish.
0: What do you mean? Is it not a side dish everywhere?
1: That's a southern thing. Really? Yes, that's only a southern thing. Macaroni and cheese as a side dish for Thanksgiving. Although my girlfriend, Jessica, she's actually making mac and cheese for Thanksgiving this year.
0: That sounds awesome. Reed. what are your favorite two or three? Yeah, I
1: think um, Uh, nobody mentioned a meat,
2: so... My number one obviously is canned cranberry sauce That's an obvious layup. Uh, number two, honey baked ham, and number three, I'm gonna have to go pumpkin pie.
0: I think an underrated thing with honey baked ham is is the sandwiches that you can make with it yes. the next day when it's like back in the back in Cold the fridge. Ham. You like you like unwrap the you like unwrap the foil that has like all the cinnamon juices juice. in the bottom of it, and you yeah. You like pull Or out the brown your, sugar your juice ham. or whatever it is. Yes. And you n- make a nice ham sandwich.
1: Yep. One more thing that I did for Thanksgiving this year is I bought a bottle of Irish whiskey. Jameson? And I emptied it out into a jar and then filled that also with sliced apples and one and a half cinnamon sticks. And then you seal it in a jar, leave it for seven days, shake occasionally. Tomorrow is the 7th day so I get to filter out everything so it's I'll have this apple cinnamon Irish whiskey to drink oh, for Thanksgiving. Yes, I got a, I got a recipe from uh, a friend of our friend of the show on the Rock Pile Report EJ Snyder who does a bootleg football podcast. He put out a recipe on That's his Twitter and I immediately wanted to try that as a whiskey That's some
0: lover. big time prep work. That's awesome. Uh, let's finish with uh, one thing that you're thankful for, because not only am I thankful for all of you, I'm going to go with, I was not prepared for this moment. Um, I feel like the the cliche thing is to say family. And obviously family is, is very, very important. And I'm very thankful for that. But I am thankful for my dog because I live with my pup and I come home every day to my dog and she Looks at me and she nestles up with me on the couch. And she lo- she's like, she doesn't care whether I had a good practice or a good game. She doesn't care, you know, about anything else other than just being with me. And I love that. That is something that I'm incredibly thankful for. Shout out to Jazzy Girl,
1: Chris. I mean, I have to, I would have to shout out my girlfriend, be thankful for her. You know, me having this is Thanksgiving number two with her, you know, rough. Five years of uh, relationship history for me over the last five years, and then meeting her's been a little bit of a blessing. No fighting, we get along with each other. We generally like being around each other, and generally, uh, most of the time, yeah, most of the time, like being around each other and uh, take an interest in each other's hobbies. I think I'm gonna have to go just obvious
2: health for my almost eight month old daughter. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for Erica. And her ability to uh, hold down the house while we are uh, away so much for uh, work, job, stuff. And thankful for our two dogs who greet me uh, equally as happily as Jasper does to you uh, when I come home every day. Lots of things to be thankful for. Uh, We hope uh, all of you out there are being thankful for the stuff in your daily life as well.
0: If you haven't today already... Tell someone that you love them and that you're thankful for them and go eat some turkey and stuff your face with pumpkin pie because that was my number four that I didn't get to say. As always, y'all can follow us on social media at after the snap pod on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a uh, subscribe and a rating if you, if you feel so inclined Uh, We love it when we get to see our uh, ratings and reviews and, and read the feedback that we get from our listeners. So happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you next week. This has been After the Snap, tales from two brothers who live life upside down.